Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Old Masters Podcast. I'm Liam. And I'm Lizzie. I hope you enjoy listening to today's episode. Todd is responsible for leading the business development efforts of a nationwide sales and recruiting team dedicated to providing resourcing solutions to the pharmaceutical, biotechnology, and medical device industries, specializing in strategic consultants, functional outsourcing, and executive search services. Todd helped launch the pharmaceutical consulting business for Green Key and has played a key role in leading the pharmaceutical division to one of the largest divisions in the company. Todd's leadership, performance management, and focus on long-term relationships helped the company earn recognition by Crane Chicago Business as one of the 10 largest executive search firms in all of Chicagoland. Ranked as one of Chicago's best and brightest companies to work for by the National Association of Business Resources, and most recently by Forbes as one of the best recruiting and staffing firms in the country for 2023. In addition, Todd has been investing in real estate since 2010, starting with single-family rental properties and eventually moving into commercial real estate. Seeking both financial and time freedom, he recognized that owning and managing rental properties turns out to be a lot of work and transitioned into passively investing in commercial real estate. Today, Todd has actively invested in over 20 deals as a limited partner across several different asset classes, including multifamily apartments, self-storage, mobile home communities, and RV parks. These investments have provided the foundation towards financial freedom from the monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits that these investments provide. A case study on Todd's passive investing strategy towards growing wealth is in editorial stage for an upcoming book on multi-generational wealth being published by Bigger Pockets. Additionally, Todd is an active member of GoBundance, a selective mastermind group of like-minded investors that focuses on designing an epic life in six key areas. Horizontal income, health, authentic relationships, bucket list adventures, genuine contribution, and accountability. Todd lives in the suburbs of Chicago and has been married to his Purdue sweetheart and Boilermaker cheerleader, Liz Gabinelli, for 20 years and has two amazing daughters, Mia and Grace. His favorite way to spend his free time is traveling with his family, being an enthusiastic cheer dad for his daughter's all-star cheer teams, and boating on Lake Geneva. Todd holds a BF in consumer sciences and an MS in education with a focus in student affairs administration. As an undergrad, he was a part of the Greek system as a member of the Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity and became a residence hall counselor during his senior year. While in graduate school, he worked as a paid graduate assistant in both of the Purdue Athletics Department and Deans of Students offices. Let us welcome Todd Gabinelli. Todd, it is so great to have you here. I'm pumped, guys. I mean, like I said, right before we started recording, I've been looking forward to this for for quite some time. So, So thanks for clearing the time for us. We're going to start today with what we call rapid fire questions. This is the portion of our podcast where we ask you some questions so the audience can get to know you a little better. Are you ready? Let's go. Where do you call home right now? Oh, funny you should ask, Lizzie. Arlington Heights, Illinois. I think you're pretty familiar with it. So it's about (laughs) about 20 miles west of of Chicago. So Lizzie and I just realized that she's from here as well. So we were catching up on that uh, before we started recording. Yeah, crazy small world. (laughs) Um, But where did you grow up? (laughs) Uh, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, Seymour, Connecticut. It's about, I would say, 25 minutes from Yale, New Haven. Everybody kind of knows where that is. But I've been in the Midwest since I went to Purdue. What did you study at Purdue? I was an undergrad in child development and family studies and consumer sciences, and then got my master's degree in college student affairs. I wanted to be a dean of students at the time. 
Why did you choose Purdue? It's actually, I was uh, thinking about it. I had transferred to Purdue. I started out at a small school in Massachusetts my first year, freshman year, and realized it was a smaller school, about 5,000 students. Most of the students went home on the weekend. So I was like, eh, this isn't exactly what I thought the college experience was going to be. My dad happened to be doing some business in Indiana at the time. And he was like, you should look into Purdue. You know, he's like, I spent some time on campus in between meetings. Great vibe. At, uh, as an undergrad, I wanted to be a guidance counselor. They had, of all things, a guidance counseling program in the School of Education. So uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And then what was your favorite class, Purdue? Or who was your favorite professor? Or both? Um, my, my favorite professor was probably, it was a graduate in grad school, Deb Taub, and she was the, the main professor for the counseling and development master's degree. And she was just great. I mean, always accessible. Her her classes were super engaging. A lot of, uh, it wasn't, you know, stand in front of the class and, and lecture for 45 minutes or an hour. Nothing wrong with that. There's a time and a place, but she was great. Very student focused. What is something you geek out about that you wish you could talk about more? Oh gosh, probably real estate. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about living in Chicago or near Chicago? <laughs> um, big sports fan, so probably the Bears. Other than that, uh, we've got a family that lives close by, about a half hour north of the, up here. So I golf with my brother-in-law quite a bit. I do a lot of mountain biking and kind of trail running. So there's lots of that around us. Not super close, but within you know a 20 or 30 minute drive. What is your favorite sport to coach? It was soccer, but both of my daughters have since moved on from that. They're both in competitive cheerleading, which I don't coach that, but I do coach my daughter in basketball. Awesome. And what has been your favorite part about working at Green Key Resources? It's got to be the relationships. You know, I think that it's few and far between where, and we could probably get into it a little bit later, but I've had the opportunity to work with some of my colleagues for going on 20 years and in, you know, recruiting and consulting that's unheard of to have kind of retention like that, to be surrounded with people that you know so close for that long business environment. So I would say that. Awesome, Todd. Well, thank you so much for answering all those rapid fire questions. Uh, now we can get into the rest of our sort of bigger questions. Uh, so to start, if there's anything that you really didn't say about yourself before, now's the time. So please, if you could give us a quick 60-second elevator pitch about yourself. Sure. I had mentioned earlier, born and raised Connecticut. I went to the small school in Massachusetts for my freshman year, transferred to Purdue. Um, unfortunately, my credits didn't follow. So although I transferred as a sophomore, I was a, I was a Purdue freshman. Met my to-be wife, my third year on campus. We've now been married 20 years. We've got two awesome daughters, 13 and 10. And I stuck around for grad school mainly because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but it was also to wait around for Liz finishing up her degree in education. And I had gone through grad school and just decided that, you know, I think I wanted to pursue a career in sales. So we did that. We got married two weeks after I graduated grad school and she, she graduated undergrad. So it was quite the party. And then we headed up to the Chicago area and we've had roots up here ever since. I love to hear that. And so how has Purdue prepared you for such a successful career? You know, that's a great question. And it's hard to, to put my, my finger on one, I would say. I think Purdue gives you the, all the tools you need to be successful. But I do think that it's on the individual or the student uh, to, to capitalize on that. Meaning, right, like there's so many opportunities for networking. There's so many opportunities to try new things. I think that there's, you know, 
every student has the chance to make mistakes, to have a couple of failures, support networks there, whether you're in the Greek life, like I was, or, you know, in the dorms or, or, or residence halls, uh, advisors. But I like that uh, Purdue gives you those tools. They don't necessarily hold your hand through it, but they give you just enough autonomy to mimic what it would be like once you graduate and, you know, you have that, that, that time where you're like, okay, now, what do I do next? Outside of classes, what organizations were you involved with? Uh, how did those organizations impact you? Sure. Uh, you know, the biggest one was probably, um, I was in the Greek system, I was a SIGEP, and our motto, if you would call it, was the balanced man, right? So scholar, athlete, gentleman. And the the fraternity in the, in the, the Greek system, I would say, really does a good job of kind of cultivating that, right? Through recruitment. Um, I was a rush chair, so we were always talking about you know, the profile of student that hit that. We had minimum expectations for service hours outside of that, which I think when people sometimes hear Greek life or fraternities or sororities that it's just, you know, a social thing. And it's, you know, that's a half truth. It is a way to make the the, the school feel a bit smaller and a bit man, more manageable. But yeah, it's funny that I got into recruiting because my stint as the rush chair, I liked that, that kind of selection process and getting to know new members and working through, you know, strengths and what they would add to the house and how we could help them develop into what we used to call balanced men, right? So I, that was one my last year of school, my victory lap, I will say. I was a residence hall counselor, which was awesome. When I started that interview process, I always knew it was it was difficult. And that's a challenging interview process. And I'm not sure if they still set it up like that, but they, they effectively paid for tuition, room, and board, and you got a stipend. So, I mean, it was... You know, it's an intense process, multiple rounds of interviews, multiple days. Um, and I'd gotten that. And it was such a great experience. I was put in, at the time, it was called Married Student Housing out by Purdue West. Those two-story buildings, I'm not sure if they're still there. But it was majority international students. So I was their first kind of like uh, representation of Purdue and helping them acclimate to the student body and you know, all of the questions that they would have. That was a really, really cool experience. I'm still in touch with with some of the um, guys that were on my floor. One had started a hedge fund. One's a Googler, uh, one famous ghostwriter. And one of them was, uh, he didn't win it, but he was a contestant on The Bachelor TV show. Yeah, I remember I was like sitting in my living room, like, wait a minute, you know, I know him. Well, and then uh, I don't know if facilitators is still a thing on campus. Um, I had gotten that, you know, an entry level to like public speaking, um, running presentations. That was a big one. There was a couple of others, but those were probably the most impactful as an undergrad there. Well, it's just really cool to see somebody sort of talking about all the organizations they were in and how much it sort of impacted them. I know, like, I mean, obviously me and Lizzie are both in old masters, mm -hmm. um, both in Greek life. We do a lot of different stuff on campus. Uh, would you say that you learned maybe through more of that like social aspect? Uh, did that help you in your future, like especially a career in sales, um, mm -hmm. a career in consulting? Would you say that a lot of the skills that you learned then sort of helped you throughout your career going into the future? Yeah, great question. 100%, Liam. It was, you know, looking back at my my college, even high school career, academics wasn't my strong suit, which is funny when you guys had reached out, I was like, me, you know, for old masters, because there is that academic component. But 100%, it was, you know, as, you know, a student, as a friend, and just trying to 
know, expand my world as much as I could at Purdue. Like we mentioned earlier, there's just so many opportunities to get involved. And like you see in Greek life and like you see in old masters, the conversations that you have in those environments and at those tables and at those meetings set such a great foundation for the early stages of your your careers. You know, you're put in, in pressure situations like you guys are seeing now with planning some of the events. And now that you're in this role, you know, half of the fun is like trying to see if you can get it. But now that you get it, there's kind of like that, oh, all right, it's time to execute on it. So I think to your point, yes, I, I learned much more about um, my life, I, I would say, as I was going to grow as a professional from those experiences, um, probably more so than I did in the classroom. That's great. And earlier we talked um, a little bit about how some of the more impactful things you had on campus. And now I was wondering what has been the most rewarding part of your career post Purdue? You know, there's so there's so many. I think that it comes down to relationships, right? I'm right at that, I think, midpoint of my career, maybe late midpoint, where it's you, there's, you get to hand the rope down to help other people like you've been helped by you know previous bosses or mentors to give them a shot to open up new opportunities for them so it's a little bit of a shift in mindset of getting more intentional about making sure that you know coming up through my career I was I was put in so many positions by leadership around me to succeed that I want to make sure that I I do that for my team as well so it's almost pivoting now from the client facing client interaction to creating opportunities for those on my team to, to help kind of develop that next wave of, of leadership. First, well, going back to uh, Purdue a little bit, you know, you received two degrees uh, spanning through consumer sciences and education, mm -hmm. guidance, everything. What would you say, um, how did all, how did those degrees help uh, and shape you as you started your career? And how would you say the sort of differences in them uh, impacted you as you were getting into your career? Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's, it was funny when, when you guys had sent the bio and all that stuff, it's probably a little bit challenging because I don't have this degree in nuclear engineering, went to build a rocket and, you know, so it's a little bit different, but I would say the easiest idea for me was that these the counseling and development track was all about listening, right? And what most people assume about sales is that that's 10% of the equation, but the best salespeople that I know are incredible listeners, right? Intentionally listening to your, to your clients to figure out what's the challenges that they're having, what are their real buying issues, and then the psychology behind why they may or may not go with your solution or your team or what have you. So I would say, you know, it's one of the things we learned in counseling is most people know what they want, know what they need to do. They just need to be told to do it. Um, a lot of that is in business too, right? So you wouldn't expect listening to be the, the greatest thing that I took out of that, but it, it really was a strength of that program uh, to teach you how to be intentional, how to listen. Um, and I carried that with me into sales and oftentimes when you're on the other end of the phone with a client, you do have a little bit of a guidance counselor hat on, um, trying to help them wrap their head around their projects, their deadlines, their timelines. So it's just listening um, and then kind of packaging that up in a nice bow back to them to help them make some decisions. And just going off that a little bit, mm -hmm. a little bit what advice would you give to students that may have the degree, of course, like in education, mm -hmm. possibly, or in a degree of psychology or sociology, they would rather sort of take that degree and go into sort of technical or more business focused track. Uh, what advice would you give to them? 
it would be twofold. You know, I, I feel like coming out of college in those, you know, you're in your twenties is the time take as much calculated risk as possible. In theory, you have less to lose by trying so many new different things. I think it's a tall ask of 18, 19, 20-year-olds to pick a major and settle on that for the remainder of their life. Err on the side of taking some calculated risks, but also probably most importantly is find who's doing what you want to do and connect with them. You know, Get advice from somebody that is where you want to be or is doing what you want to do. You'd be surprised to my point earlier of like handing that rope down to folks just getting started, how many people are open to those conversations. Um, but that's what I would do, Liam. I would, I would look ahead a few years to say like, okay, I've got this degree. I want to be on this path. Let me connect the dots and figure out who's done that or who's come close to that and, and have, and start having some conversations with them, seeing how you can add value to them and to their projects. That's awesome. And I love how you keep bringing up the connections you make because mm -hmm. I feel like Old Masters is such an amazing organization because you get to connect with people and maybe they're not in your field, but they can teach you how to do that and how to effectively extend your career by having connections. But moving on, I want to ask, you've been a partner at Green Key Resources for a little mm -hmm. under two years. Um, mm -hmm. What's it like to rise in the ranks of a firm, um, especially in, in the world of consulting? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, consulting is... It's, it's definitely a, a competitive area, right? It's mainly production focused, highly metric. Uh, so I think finding the right environment, the right company is half the battle. Um, and sometimes what's the saying, you have to kiss a few frogs before you kiss your prince or something like that. I think that uh, to my point earlier, having people around me that I've known for, you know, upwards of 15 years really help. I would say... Uh, you know, a superpower that I would have is consistency, uh, which is just, it's, it's, it's so much a part of the success in sales or really anything, just showing up first in the office, you know, doing things to make our leadership, leadership team look good without them having to ask. It's little things like, um, our firm is very focused on production is a, a big part of that partner track, but equally as important is even earlier in your career, making decisions, making moves inside the firm that that gives that appearance that it's for the greater good. It's for the betterment of the division, not necessarily, you know, um, my compensation or the team's pats on the backs. So it's approaching it like that. It's a good way to make the ups and downs of that in consulting is just focusing on those types of things. And I know uh, like consulting is extremely different firm to firm and everything. So could you just give everybody uh, that's listening just a sort of brief overview of Green Key Resources, sure. exactly what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So we're a privately held staffing and consulting firm. We were started out of an executive search arm in accounting and finance. Um, and then eventually the original founders wanted to add the consulting and residual uh, revenues. Uh, biotech companies in that two to 300 person size. And when they're running clinical trials, when they hit a phase three study, they need a ton of people, they need them fast, and they need to execute on the clinical trial for the patient so that they can collect all of that data and then send it to the FDA. So they come to firms like us, or we find those types of opportunities where they may need a team of statisticians to collate all of the data, put the data into nice pie charts, and then send that to the FDA uh, to get the drugs approved. Uh, oftentimes, we'll need teams of medical writers that write, you know, and you're when you get a prescription and there's that long list of seven font print 
Uh, medical writers write that, so they'll hire a team of them. But oftentimes the company only needs them for you know a set amount of time, 12 months, 18 months, two and a half years. Uh, so it makes sense for them to come to us. Um, and then we provide the resources to that. I know most people in consulting that I talk to are always pretty vague. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty vague. Might not always, might, they might not even know what they're doing. So that's, that's a really <laughs> awesome description. Yeah. To our last question, this is a bit of a two-parter here, mm -hmm. um, but what advice would you give to freshmen just getting into Purdue? And what advice would you give to seniors leaving Purdue and entering the workforce? Asking for a friend, Liam? I, I guess so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, freshmen, uh, we alluded to earlier, find ways to get uncomfortable, right? I mean, that's freshman year and that's, you know, to this day, that's just how, how you're going to grow as an individual, as a professional, as a friend. Find ways on campus to get uncomfortable, whether that's, you know, joining a student organization, trying to take a shot at making old masters. Put yourself in, in as many of those positions to stretch yourself and your skill set. Liam, I had noticed uh, when I was preparing for the call that you do um, stand-up comedy. I mean, to talk about getting on Yeah, yeah, improv. It's, or improv, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a whole yeah. other world out there, yeah. Yeah, but that, but that has served you in probably so many different ways, right? Of like growing your skill set, getting better at communicating, thinking mm -hmm. fast on your feet, right? Um, so it's just, it's for freshmen, it's definitely BGR, but trying to take advantage of all of the opportunities that, that the campus offers. I mean, it's just everywhere you look, um, there's opportunities to get involved. For, for those that are graduating and, and getting ready to leave, I mean, it's really simple, but it's something like only four or 5% of the population does it. Write down your goals, write down your goals and look at them once a week and have those short-term goals and those three-year goals. Uh, I would say if you're graduating college, getting past three years is, is probably a little bit too long, but definitely write down your goals. If you do that and you show up early, um, you guys will be ahead of, you know, 98% of the people that you're you're competing against. The, the last thing I'll say is yeah, uh, I, in Evernote on my phone, I keep my, my goals and I look at them probably once a week, right? And it's especially important to do when you're overwhelmed or you're stressed out because it brings you back to like, okay, why am I doing this? Right. Like, what are the reasons that I'm mm -hmm. going to stay up until midnight tonight studying or that I'm stressed out about playing, you know, an old master's event? It kind of brings you back to, like, why you did it and what what those long term goals are for you. That is really, really good advice. That's very impactful. Well, Todd, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today, sharing all of your insights and knowledge. We were so happy to have you. It's been great, guys. Thank you guys both. You've been listening to season two of the Old Masters podcast, where we hear words of wisdom from past Boilermakers who have made great strides in their fields. Connect with the 2023 Old Masters class by attending this year's Evening with the Old Masters on Monday, November 6th at 5.30 p.m. Special thanks to our Old Masters podcast guests, our Old Masters advisors, Juna Matsuda-Johnson and Margie Jones, our Old Masters prom promotional officers and podcast producers, Parcia Bahrami, Ali Boyle, Martha Hunter, and Vivian Schmall, and the 2023 Old Masters Central Committee.